I, um, I love the title of the series that we're walking through over the next weeks. If you're um, popping in this room, we're glad you're here. If you can um, see me from head to toe, I just should probably acknowledge right now that my foot is fully baptized. Because <laughs> so I'm already seeing people's heads look at each other going, do you see that? And so, um, you know, we sprung a leak from the knee down. It's fully baptized. I, there's immersion of the foot. Good to go. I don't know what that means. I can think historically about some moments like that in the, around 300 AD. But um, beyond that, uh, where's Joel? Yeah. Oh, he's up top. Hey, Joel, we were, we were using waders together, just so you know. Yeah, they're leaking. And so um, it's an exciting feeling when you're standing in a baptismal pool going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just standing here feeling the Holy Spirit flowing into my leg. It's awesome. And so... Um, so, as you know, it's kind of an awkward thing, like, what's well, going to be weird when I step out? Here we go. And, but um, I love the title of where we're going, and I don't know that we get to be in this together, but I think in general, just together. And um, we want to spend this summer uh, talking about what it means to be a sanctuary for His presence. And really, it's a bridge from Ephesians, the second chapter. If you're a guest, what we're doing is walking through um, a chapter of the book of Ephesians, verse by verse, and then out of that chapter, just kind of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us um, to a place of study. And so we want to talk about what it means to share life together and, and what it means to be a sanctuary of His presence. This is a, if you will, this is a bridge message from Ephesians 2 to some incredible passages about the body of Christ and what it means to be about the body of Christ. And the, the tangible outworking, outworkings of this summer are going to be um, interesting because it's going to affect how we approach membership. And it's going to affect how we approach people who identify with the mission and vision of this church. It's going to affect, ideally, how you see your role in this idea of a sanctuary for his presence. Um, we're, we're going to partner with a guy named Tom Rayner who does a lot of study. And, and he wrote an incredible book that was just released about a year ago. Um, and so we're going to kind of glean some insights from him this summer about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, but we're also going to glean insights from someone far uh, more wise than him, and that's going to be Scripture, and just kind of diving into Scripture and saying, God, what does this mean to share life together? And um, after this bridge sermon, each week we'll actually invite a response from us. Just kind of a response of, you can, this is what I can expect from you. This is what you can expect from me as we walk through this journey called life together. As we share life in, in this body of believers together, what does it mean to be a sanctuary of His presence? And in just a moment, I want to read the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, verses 21 through 22, and it's, it's honestly left me a bit undone. I have actually taught through the book of Ephesians before. I've read through the book of Ephesians many, many times, and I don't know why these verses and the Holy Spirit have chosen to bring them alive for me in such a manner that He has of late. But can you, can you just, um, you know, whatever the word is, be kind to me for a moment as I just sit and ponder this idea that we are being built together as a body of believers for a sanctuary for His Holy Spirit so that we might together become a place where His presence is, is welcomed and His presence is transforming everything. And I don't know if that's really um, been a part that has sunk in for you that you're not 
you didn't join Mandarin one day in the past, or you didn't, you know, just kind of become a part of this in a casual manner. God has, according to his scripture, put us together to build and knit us together as a people after his glory, as a people who are coming together so that the manifest presence of the living God might find rest and sanctuary and prolific move among us. So we're, we're asking God this. So can you tell us, Lord, in, in practical terms or in, in maybe impractical terms, in powerful, God-honoring, Christ-glorifying terms, what it means for us to be a sanctuary for the presence of the living God? So I'm excited about this and really excited about where we're going over the next few weeks. And if you would just um, humor me a moment and read, you don't have to humor me, let's read Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 21 and 22. And I want to kind of bring to a close some thoughts of the second chapter of the book of Ephesians and move us into some thoughts about together, a sanctuary for his presence. Here's, here's back it up to verse 21. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, for heaven's sake. That's what we are as a church. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and the apostolic leadership of days gone by. And oh, by the way, since we just sang the song, it is Jesus himself who's the cornerstone for our church. And that's so relieving for me. You know, it's, Mark, you don't have to do a good job today. You don't even have to tell me if I did a good or bad job. It's not really that relevant. It's the fact that, that we just made this known, and we're making it known right now, that Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the one that holds this place together. And so the moment you begin to wring your hands and go, I don't know if this is too big for me. Well, let me just suggest to you that, that the living God who resurrected Christ from the dead, who resurrected you from the dead, who put our lives together for a sanctuary of his presence, he's got this. He's the cornerstone of this whole place. And we're just, all we've got to do is turn to him and say, Jesus, what will happen if we come together and invite your presence to be made manifest among us for your glory alone? It could, it could become beautiful. And so it's just carrying on and reading the scripture. So he's the cornerstone. The whole building, not this physical building. You didn't come to church today. I think we all get that. But let's just settle that in our hearts. The whole building of the body of believers, they're coming together. They're being put together by him. And we are growing together in a holy sanctuary in the Lord. I messed up by this sentence and I was just asking God, what does this mean? So we are coming together as a sanctuary for the presence of the Lord. And then he just goes even deeper with it, with the last sentence of of chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians. You're being built together for God's dwelling in his spirit. Hallelujah. Are you kidding me? I kind of see this and start to ask, so what would happen to this? Have we seen this in the past? And I think you can unequivocally say we've seen this in the early churches. You, you read the books, the book of, the book of Acts, where you just begin to see the early church and they're, they're coming together as a cornerstone of the presence of the living God, as a place where he's so welcome. And there's devotion going on there. I mean, you, you, there's boldness to go with last week going on. I mean, people who once were not bold. Peter, perfect example. Peter, who was not bold, who three times denied Jesus, 
who became a sanctuary of the presence of God, who began to understand the power of being built up together, who got that as 121 of them gathered in an upper room and instead of maybe listening to a pastor talk for a while, they said, we think we have something better. We're going to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to seek God's face because we're not necessarily looking for some person to lead us. We're looking for the Spirit of God to fall among us. And so for for 10 days or so, they just stood together and prayed and the Holy Spirit fell. And then there's this powerful thing that happened with Peter. He just walked out in the second chapter of the book of Acts. A man who stood with a little girl who said to him just a few days prior, weren't you the one with Jesus? And he, he let out a litany of curses before a little girl. This is the same guy standing up and saying, you might kill me. And this message that I'm going to preach may cost me greatly on this earth, but let me just cast this message out. And ultimately, Peter was upside down, crucified for the sake of the kingdom. There was a boldness that flowed out of the kingdom of Christ. There was a devotion to one another that flowed out when the Holy Spirit was building them together for His presence. You just read the second chapter of Acts and you start to say, what's this look like, God? It looks like a group of people devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, who devoted, not not they devoted this in idea or concept, they committed themselves to this. We are devoted to one another. We're devoted to breaking bread. We're devoted to never forgetting the cross. We are devoted to breaking off a loaf of bread or a piece of bread and we're going to put it in a bowl and we're going to remember that it is only the blood of Jesus that holds us together. It is only the body of Christ. They were committed to that. They memorized and shared together in Scripture. They were devoted to one another. They shared life together. They shared treasures together. They shared their wealth together. They shared hours together. They shared in prayer together. They shared in new believers coming to know Jesus together. They shared in a people collectively standing around and being described in this way. They looked into the body of believers who were together and being built up as a sanctuary for his presence and the people looked into that and they had a sense of awe they just looked in and went wow the living god i mean many of them looked in and said we don't even believe in this messiah but we are seeing something so prolific happen among you that you are sharing life together i mean they were together they were being built up As a sanctuary for his presence, they understood we're put together by Christ. Do you do you do you and I get that? That we're not sitting in this room without the sovereign Father putting us in Jacksonville, in Mandarin, in this room for the sake of his glory. Like you and I are put together to sharpen one another and to say to the Spirit of God, we welcome your presence among us. Draw us together around that. You have rich sanctuary here. I see in the Old Testament just a picture as the dedication of the temple was going on. I mean, there was tremendous sacrifice among the body, tremendous financial sacrifice among the body, tremendous um, tremendous work being given to create this space. And thank God for John, the fourth chapter, where we're not creating sacred space anymore. The sacred space is us built together. But in that day, they were saying, we must have a place for the worship of the living God. And I love just cutting the scripture. And as they completed it, they began to pray over this. And it says these words, 
the trumpeters and the singers joined together to praise and thank the Lord. And they did this with one voice. I just love that. They raised their voices. They were accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, musical instruments, and praise to the Lord. And their echoing cry was this, You are good, Lord. Your faithful love endures forever. The temple, the Lord's temple, and this is, if you're kind of just wondering what happens when we become a sanctuary of His presence, here's what happened in Scripture. I'm, I would love for this to happen one day again. This would be powerful. The temple, the Lord's temple, was at that moment as they joined together as one, a sanctuary for His presence. The cymbals were blaring. The, the music was going. The trumpeteers were trumpeting. The people were singing. They were singing with one voice. They were all crying out with one heart. They were with one passion. And the living God said, I believe that there's a place that I can go and be sanctuary. I can go and find dwelling among them. And he fell among them. And you'll love this. You'll love this. And better, uh, the, the temple, it was filled with the cloud. Because of the cloud, the priest couldn't continue to minister. The glory of the Lord filled it. I like to kind of transliterate that a little bit to say, the Lord himself began to minister among them. And the priests, they were irrelevant at that moment. It was just the presence of the living God among the people of God as a sanctuary for his glory. And there's just a prayer of mine as I read Ephesians 2 that we just understand the gravity of what God has put us into together. That we just begin to look at one another. I'm going to ask a question um, and I just want to ask it now and I'll ask it in 20 minutes and then we'll go eat. And I'm just, I'm just, how much do you love this fellowship? I mean, if you were going to mark it out on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you answer that? How much do you love the people around you? How much do you love what God is doing among us? How much do you believe and respect the reality of what the Lord is saying according to Ephesians second chapter? It is not haphazard that he has placed us together. So how do you respond to that? Do you respond in love and in, in this just... This incredible trembling hands of going, holy God, so we're together as a sanctuary for your presence. I put in your note sheet many, many verses that you are welcome to marinate in as you consider what would be happening among a church that is filled with the presence of the Spirit of God. By no means do I think this is an ending thought on the powerful presence of the Spirit, but some of these things would be happening among us according to Scripture if we are a sanctuary of His presence. We will be, as the Holy Spirit dwells among us, we will have a counselor who will teach us and remind us of what we need to know and what we must remember. I'm going to list some of these things, and you're welcome to amen or not, or you can just, in your heart, agree with this. But if we are, as opposed to a wonderful picture of the Spirit of God falling and the Shekinah glory falling, I would not mind that happening. Maybe that would happen again. I find that God tends to do unique things among people, and so there's probably going to be a unique manifestation of His Spirit among us as we together are being built up as a sanctuary for His presence. But some things He says will happen is He will teach us He will remind us of what we need to know and what we need to remember. He is our comforter. He is our advisor. He is our encourager. He is this very spirit of God himself. He is our strength. And he will guide this church in the way we should go. And if we are asking anyone other than him, then we are failing to be a full-blown sanctuary of the presence of God. He is our advisor, our counselor. You should be asking. We should... If you're in a Bible study, you should ask your group leader, tell me when we're praying. When when are we walking this place? And when are we gathering in the middle of this place to cry out, Oh God, we don't have wisdom apart from you. 
We are seeking your face. It's the only face we seek. If, if that's happening, the Holy Spirit will find sanctuary among His people. We will be given the power to be God's witnesses to the ends of the earth. I love that Vicki Grossman is in the room for this. I mean, they have such an incredible heart for the nations. And she's sitting in a room in America going, I love Jesus and I love you all and you all have been supportive. I love the people of Guatemala and I love my mom and dad and I just want to be wherever God wants me. But if He wants me to be anywhere, it's going to be for His glory. I used to listen to her vision for what's going on in a country for the last 27 years or something like that. And just the heart to say, God, could you, could you carry your name to the ends of the earth? And oh, by the way, I'm in. It'll, I mean, this is what I read if I read the Spirit is with us. It will be the Spirit who draws people to the gospel. We should know this. The Spirit who equips us for the strength to share the gospel. We should know this. It will be the Spirit who accomplishes the purposes of the gospel. We should know this. And they will draw us together around Him. And we'll be simply saying to Him, Oh God, give me a sensitive heart to where Your Spirit is working. Sensitize me and let me hear Your voice. And let my answer already be a yes, Lord, before Your voice speaks. You have to know this, that it is God who initiates the relationship that you have with them. And it is God who purposes you for His glory. And God who draws men and women to Himself for the sake of salvation. And God who grows us as a body of believers. And we're sitting in as a sanctuary of His presence saying, Living God, would you woo us to Yourself? That will be happening. There's so many practical implications of this. Just... Let's talk about it through the summer. By the power of the Spirit, we will, as a sanctuary of His presence, put together the misdeeds of the body. We will put together, we will mortify sin in this room. We will share in that as a sanctuary of His presence, and we'll do that as a body of believers for the sake of His glory. We will will look and say, God, You are the one who frees us from sin. You rid us from shame. We are not our own. We are Yours. We glorify You with our body. It will be such a powerful thing. There will be accountability that flows throughout this room. There will be conversations that flow throughout this room. The Holy Spirit will find welcome ground here because here's what we will care about. More of His holiness and His glory than ourselves. And we'll be a sanctuary for the presence of the living God. And people will look at us, and as I've already mentioned in Acts of Sex chapter, they'll, they'll say, there is transformation that is happening there. You are living as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your lives, respect a, they reflect a desperation for God, and you are walking with Him. And there's just this powerful move of God that will draw people to Himself. We will cry out as a people that we have been given a spirit of adoption as children of God. I mean, our prayer lives won't be, oh, you got to come pray. That's probably what some of you heard. We will be having this cry of sonship and of daughters. We will just go, oh, God, you are our daddy. You are our Abba. You are our father. And there will be a spiritual sonship and daughtership going on in this room. And it will just be a makeup of who we are, just saying, oh, God, there is an intimacy that we have with you that precedes anything that we've ever experienced. And I'm not suggesting that based on where you are spiritually now. I'm suggesting that on God is always drawing us to himself and maturing us in his presence and growing us in the grace and knowledge of who he is. And a sanctuary for his presence will be a place with ever-increasing glory and ever-increasing transformation. People are being born again into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And we're being made anew in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And we're just simply sitting around going, I cannot believe what my Abba, my Father, is doing. That will be a sanctuary for the presence of God. 
The Spirit will help us to speak when challenging situations are coming upon us and when we're called upon to bear witness with one another. These are all listed in your ministry guide and scriptures just to begin to pray and say, God, you know what? Um, I think that we worry, we strive, we grieve, we struggle when the Spirit is among us saying, look, um, I don't need you to live as if I haven't already resurrected Jesus from the dead. I don't need you to live wringing your hands. If I have resurrected him from the dead, if I have resurrected you from the dead, if I have brought you into this, is this situation, this problem, or this issue too much for me? We're just able to look at one another and we walk through, not, not as if, if the issues are not significant, not as if death or loss or suffering or children or whatever's going on in our lives are not deeply relevant to us. We're just not walking as a people without hope. We're just simply walking together as a sanctuary for his presence, just looking at one another, bearing witness with one another, holding one another up for the sake of the glory of God. It would be a kingdom community, each of us given a manifestation of the Spirit of God for the common good. This is direct reading of Scripture. And I will tag this at the end, so just hold that thought. But the Spirit of God indwelling the people of God for the presence of God, we will get that. That we have things to offer this body. And we come in fully cognizant of that. The fruit of the Spirit will be here. You notice that it doesn't give us an out on that. It's like in Galatians, the fifth chapter, it says that love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, gentleness and self-control will pervade here. He didn't say the fruits of the Spirit. Notice as you read this, it is a singular word. There are fruit. And some of you are going, I'm really good with the love thing, but not the patience thing. Well, look, that's, this, this isn't a pick and choose. You're not at Publix right now. You're not standing in the basketball going, I like that one, but this one I can't do right now with them. You have no idea how much they're getting on my nerves. You have no, no, no. There is love and joy. There's peace and patience. There's kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Are we willing to settle in this room with this idea? We're doing all right with that. I mean, I've got a measure of love. I think that people around us who long to go upwards, to be wooed to the living Father, to an adoption of sonship and daughtership, they're looking for some supernatural things to happen here as a sanctuary of His presence. They're looking for, for a people who don't just go, I got a little bit of peace for the day. They're looking for peace that surpasses understanding and guards our hearts and minds forever in Christ Jesus. They're not just sitting around going, I, 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 I kind of like them. No, no, they're looking for people who bear with one another, who love one another, who understand that we are one because Christ is one with the Father and has laid down His life for us so that we could be one with the Father. And then He spread this prayer, may they be one, God, Father, Abba, as we are one. We're not just sitting around, I hope we can kind of like them today. Now, I think we're looking for more than that as a sanctuary of the presence of God. And if you're not looking for the supernatural, perhaps you can take that sentence the rest of the way out. Maybe there's not a relationship with the living God with you. Maybe there is not a passion for the heart of God in you. As you begin to say, oh God, love, joy, peace, patience, I'll take a little. God's going, no, that's the fruit of me. That's the fruit of my life. And if you're going to feast on me, I believe Jesus said this scripturally, if you're going to feast on me, you're going to have to give yourself to all of me. I'm not inviting you into a little, ask Jesus to come be a part of the story. I'm inviting you to allow me to be the story. And for you as a church to be a sanctuary of his presence, in his name, for the sake of his glory. 
So we just kind of come along and say, God, we, we want this. I just read in, in, this, in this passage, it's just mind-boggling. I don't believe I can do justice to this. And so just trust me, I've, I know that I have a, a weakness as it comes to this. I can't communicate effectively what all is happening here. But he's saying you're going to be unified for his glory. I mean, he's, Paul is saying so much that probably isn't that important to us today, but he's talking to the Greek and Jewish culture in the entirety of this section of Scripture, just saying there's hostility. And there are things that you've done to, to put walls between you and others. And what I have come and done for you is I have come and at the cross, as I have cried out, it is finished. My father took the veil that you have put in the temple that was three feet in thickness and he has shredded the dividing wall of hostility between the Greek and the Jew, between the right and the wrong, between the chosen and the not chosen, between all of this. He has torn it. And I love the picture from Scripture. I love the heart of our God. He didn't tear it from the bottom up, from the top down. He has torn the veil and said, come in, one and all, the hostility, the walls that barricaded, they are gone. And it is in Jesus Christ that we come unified for the sake of His glory. You just can read this. Those who were far away and they were pushed far away by the body of believers. I am so weary of conversations with people who talk about their wounds from the church. This morning even having these conversations who were pushed far away. Please don't hinder to believe that this is some physical temple, although it was for Paul. There is a spiritual temple and we're saying, oh God, we want to be a sanctuary for your presence. I'm praying this, that those who are right now in Jacksonville and to the nations far away from God because we're a presence of the living God will be brought near. Those who are experiencing hostility from the body of Christ will experience grace, will experience love, will experience mercy, will experience the body moving as one together, a sanctuary for the presence of the living God. That's the passion of the Father's heart. There's dividing walls. We're familiar with them. I just just wrote these thoughts. I mean, we're right. We've done right. We are right. We were born right. We have an action right. We are hostile because we were ethnically born some way. We're arrogant enough to believe that that matters in some manner. We were born in the right state, the right city, the right family. Those walls of division have been torn. I mean, there's, there's many of us, we're kind of a shred, a little shrapnel of the deep south here as we kind of sit in the room and go, well, my grandparents, I mean, I, you know, I don't, it, I'm, I'm pausing, just, it doesn't matter to me what generation walked in sin. It matters to me what the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks of us. And the walls that are of hostility are gone in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, known or female, slave nor free. We are one through the cross. Of Jesus Christ. And therefore, there's this beautiful thing that God is praying for us. I'm convinced that Mandarin is in, intended to be a place where every believer expects the fullness of Jesus Christ. It's just what I'm praying for us, where every one of us find healing and every one of us experience transformation. Some of you have built walls, and the healing that Lord has isn't for someone else, it's for you to brick by brick with His Spirit take down the walls. And that would be so beautiful. I'm praying for that. Where every one of us finds healing, transformation. It, it's a place where every one of us in this room are unified around this, that we are praying in such a manner that because of the Spirit of God being sanctuary among us, that we are able to influence and shift history. 
We just are sitting in going, God, we believe such powerful things. We're praying in such a way where we are dying to self. We are coming alive to Christ. I'm praying for a church that has unbelievable sacrifice, unbelievable generosity among us, unbelievable hearts for the living God. We are praying for a place where you can receive and be welcomed in the midst of your hurting and your turmoil, the place where for everyone there is relationship and a place where you belong. It's better than the 70s show, which is running through my head right now, where you can walk in and find belonging. It's better than that. It's the body of believers where perfect love through the Holy Spirit is existing. And we're just saying, oh God, we're helping the lonely to find acceptance. We're helping the hurting to to heal wounds. We're helping the broken to be put back together. And we're a sanctuary of your presence. And we're in. That's just what we're praying. uh, I'm praying that God will allow us to be able to move in that manner and just to see him use the most surprising people. I look at Jesus and, and if this veil torn away, my heart always runs to the fourth chapter of the book of John where Jesus is having a conversation with the most surprising woman. Isn't it the most refreshing thing if you're sitting in the room wounded? That Jesus is sitting at a well in the fourth chapter of the book of John having a conversation with a woman who came in the middle of the day and she just asked one question and in the midst of that you sense the tearing of the wall. And the hostility that held them and the most shocking people being used by God. It was about the beauty of worship, about the wonder of the church, about the awesome nature of who God is. And it just kind of said, look, I want to bring you back to Jesus. And then he said, oh, by the way, you walked out here in shame. I want you to walk back. And she did. She walked back in the most unlikely missionary, the most shocking person yet unified because the veil and the walls of hostility had broken down. Goes back and simply says these words, I want you to come. Because there is a man that knows everything that I did. And he is giving me life and hope. And what even shocks me more is that level of authenticity and passion. The city followed her out to the well. Or how about the garrison demoniac who's just, he's so dangerous that he can't even be chained. And he's running around cemeteries screaming and yet he's healed by Jesus. And I love his, can I stay with you, Jesus? Don't you love Jesus' heart? For those of you in this room who are wounded and broken and don't feel like you have your act together, listen to what Jesus says. I want to stay with you, Jesus. I want to be discipled by you, Jesus. And Jesus goes, no, I want you to go back to your people. And I want you who are running around naked in a cemetery howling at the moon. I want you to now go back to your people and speak of the sovereignty of God. And the salvation that is in him alone. And they will be blown away by my goodness. Isn't that the unification of the glory of God as the church of God comes together? The veil torn. Women who had no reputation made new in Christ. That's ordinary. Men who walked around walked around cemeteries and out of their mind are put back together for Jesus. That's the ordinary unified New Testament sanctuary of the presence of God. And it should be similar for us. That we just simply acknowledge this. God, there's walls of hostility. I will, through your spirit, pull them down. Because I don't have anything right. I don't have anything in my lineage that sets me apart. This would be very Pauline right now. This is very Paul-like in his writing in Philippians. I don't have any heritage that I'm going to lean on anymore. I don't have any any training, although I'm very well educated, I don't have that to lean back on. I just want to lean into this reality. I want to know Jesus. I've counted the rest of it rubbish for the sake of Jesus. I want to know him, and I want to walk with the people who know him, 
and I want to sacrifice greatly with them who know him, and I want to give my heart and life to knowing him. And if it means that I fellowship and suffering with people, it will be with joy that we do that. If it means that I walk into eternal life with him, it will be with absolute abandon that I do that. I just want you to know I don't have it all right anymore. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to come out of this fellowship today? If we just all started walking out going, I don't have it all right anymore. I just, but I have Jesus. And I would love for us to hold hands together as a sanctuary of his presence humble trembling hands just saying that we're put together by god for his glory just my notes just lead me straight down through scripture built together for his dwelling just moves my heart to think about this one by god one i've just shared this already i'll say it again god has divinely put us together for the sake of his glory if you're visiting today welcome to worship wherever you worship on a consistent basis it is not a happenstance thing and is not to be taken lightly if you're a part of this church, it's, it's a big deal that we're together, a sanctuary for his presence. And we're beginning to hold that with hands that say, oh God, allow us to hold this with such holiness. You, unity is a people who are saying our gifts, our passions, our shape, our hope, our dreams, they are coming together for your glory. 1 Corinthians twelve seven tells us this, that God has given each of us a manifestation of his spirit to, to produce what is beneficial for the common good. Let me just kind of say that again, because you should hear that. He has put us together as a manifestation of the Spirit of the living God to produce what is beneficial for the common good. It means that there is not one of us in this room that is not being built together for the sake of the kingdom of Christ. And that is a holy and weighty thing for us to hold dear. God, you are putting us together for the sake of your kingdom. These gifts, they're empowered by the Spirit and they're apportioned as God wills to his people. We're being built in the sanctuary for God to use. And here's the purpose, for the edification for the church and for the amplification of Jesus Christ. I just look at y'all, I get excited. There's my southern coming out now. Y'all, I mean, I look at you guys. I know I have to stand up here and preach, but I want to just come sit down with you and like almost lock arms and say, we're in this together, you know? I mean, I want to start dancing and singing, we're all in this together, and just start going, this is so exciting. God has put us together for a sanctuary of his presence. And we're, I mean, I love you, and I want to do this together and see God just move in power. I mean, he places us together. I wrote some thoughts to serve, to care for others, to pray for one another, to pray for the leaders of the fellowship, to pray for the leaders in the church, to learn together, to teach together, to give together, and in some cases, to die for the sake of the gospel. He, just, he put us together for that. And we just share that together. And I, no one in this room is everything. That means every one of us in this room has specific strengths and we have significant weaknesses. Some of us are eyes, some of us are ears, some of us are hands, some of us are feet. No one in this room is the entire body. That means we need one another. The scripture teaches us this over and over. The implications of that is that you need together. And if, you, if you're doing anything different, I mean, this is God's call to one another. We belong to one another. We need bold, passionate, missional, built-up believers who are, who are moving for the kingdom of Christ together. I mean, if you're doing this on your own, you're like a finger trying to win a triathlon. Are you serious? You're not going, I can do this. I mean, you're, we're the body of believers. 
And God has put us together. And I don't know if you've understood the 1 Corinthians 12, 7. You are put together by the Spirit with weaknesses, with failures, and also with strengths. And you come with those strengths. And you know what? Others will come into your weaknesses with their strength. And you will become the eye. And you will become the ear. And you will become the nose. And you will become the mouth. And you will become the body. And you will become iron men and women. For the sake of the gospel. Built up together for the glory of God. We are built up together to be a sanctuary of the presence of the living God. I begin and I end this sermon with this question, and I just want to have you to process it. I mean, how much do you love this place? I'm not talking about the 1124, wait, 11244 San Jose. I'm just, I'm asking this, not, not gathering here. I'm, how much do you love this body of believers? I mean, as you look around this room, are you just smiling going, we are going to see the nations worship because we're together? Yeah. I mean, are you looking and saying, I mean, there are going to be stories told throughout this city because God has, by his grace, put us together. I just, I wrote this prayer down to end with, I'm praying this for you. I pray that you would say these words or jot them down or whatever. I love these people so much. And I pray that God empowers me in some way to encourage them to a deeper walk in Him. That's it. I love every person in this room so much, and I'm just praying that if I can be a third finger on the right hand and allow somebody to walk a little more deeply in Jesus, I would consider that to be joy. I don't have it all. Your pastor doesn't have all the gifts. That's not his job. Just can I be the third finger on the right hand? Maybe just once in a while push someone to the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. We are built up, infused by the Spirit to serve the people that God has placed in our life. Anything less than that, I'm not sure that we will be a sanctuary for His presence. We are built up and infused by the Spirit. We're put together as a sanctuary. God calls us to this place of fellowship to come back to Him and say, we want your purpose. We want your glory. No hostilities, no right, just, just humble people together as a sanctuary for his presence. Oh, wow. May it be, Lord Jesus, may it be. I just pray that you would stir among us in such a profound way that we would worship you with humble hearts, that our lives would just be transformed by you for your glory. God, I pray that you will instill within us a deeper understanding of the purposes of your putting us together. God, I know that that we have I know that we skew this. And Jesus, I pray that you will help us understand what you do as you as you move in us and put us together for your glory. God, I pray for humble hearts. I pray for walls of hostility to fall because that would be something of your spirit. I pray for hearts that move to the nations. I pray that the nations will be glad and rejoice. I pray for a unity. I pray for a recognition that we don't have what it takes and that we'll just fall here. Jesus, just take your glory. That's my prayer. You know, if I could just say one thing and then invite you to respond as you see fit, you can look at me. I'll say amen and then you can look up now. That's legal. Um, I think the Western church has perpetuated something that the Eastern church gets completely, 
We perpetuate an individual faith that we're the whole body as a person. It's your faith, your story, your church. Nowhere in Scripture. We are being wound together as the body of believers for the sake of Christ. It is a, it is a building up of the church. And I, I'm just praying that the Spirit of God will just woo us to that reality. As we here in the West, we love individualized things. That's in our DNA. It's in our culture. It's how this nation was formed. And yet, what do you do when it's not the DNA of Jesus? You begin to say, we need each other. We belong to one another. We lay our lives down for one another. We don't have rights among one another. We just, we just have Jesus. And he dwells among us. So we're going to sing a song and Joel's going to be here at the front. Dr. Dan will be here. I'll be here. Maybe you just, you just want to come and pray with somebody. That would be awesome. Maybe instead of, and I say this every week, but I'm continuing to pray that this will happen. Maybe instead of coming to the front, you just need to turn to somebody and say, I am a pinky, and I'm so glad that you're a nose, you know? I'm so glad we get to do life together. And when he was talking up there a minute ago, I was thinking about you and how we get to share this journey. And maybe that's a great moment going on in this room, not just come forward, but maybe come side to side, come with one another, come before Jesus together and start praising him. That would be a beautiful invitation. Maybe God's inviting you to become a part of this fellowship. After this week, we're probably going to kind of do that differently. But if this is where you want to call home, man, we would love that. Together, a sanctuary for the presence of the living God. Can we stand together? Can we worship together? Can we talk together? Can we sing together?